0: amen 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 welcome pca on your feet it is time to worship our god he is worthy amen the bible says that because of his great love for us god who is rich in mercy made us alive with christ isn't that awesome you are so good to us god we bless your holy name this is gonna be all about you
1: your love for me won't change hallelujah even when i hold back
2: even when i'm
1: hiding you cover me with grace thank you lord even in my failure even in my striving you cross the distances to find my heart and now there's nothing left to say
2: you call me worthy
1: you love me from the start of mercy you are mercy you're healing for my heart worthy you call me worthy you love me sing it again oh mercy you are mercy you're
2: healing
0: children of God amen are you
1: led by the Spirit of God hallelujah
0: thank you Lord that we are your children you are beautiful Lord
2: I
1: was walking the wayside lost on a lonely road I was chasing the high Trying to satisfy my soul. Oh. All the lies I believed in
2: left me crying
1: like the rain. Then I saw lightning from heaven, and I've never been the same. I'm going. I am a mountain. I'm gonna shout about it. I am a child of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found a world of freedom. I found a friend in Jesus. I felt the sting of the fire, but I saw you in the flames, just when I thought it was over, you broke me out of the grave. For your blood, Lord. free heals us. Thank you, Lord. Jesus Nothing but the blood Of my Jesus Thank you Lord We bless your name So if the Son sets
0: you free You are free indeed, right? As Jesus set you free From a past life That could just take you straight to hell? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for snatching me from the
1: enemy's hands, God. the lord has promised good to i
0: says that our Lord, about our Lord, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory.
1: Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. The whole earth is full of your glory. We bless you, Lord. is the lamb who was slain holy holy is he Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy be more like you lord. lord i pray that you will just give us boldness that we will just open up and let you
0: take us out into the world and just just spread the gospel in such force in a mighty army Just that there's so much of you in us that we cannot be silent that we will love people that we will love people that they will just feel your presence when we walk in the room that they'll be able to see it on our faces that we have been with jesus that we will be just glowing and that we will have a smile on our faces and that your love will just spill out of us like never before God that it will there will be no doubt that God Almighty has walked into the room because you are inside of us and you want to touch the world you want to reach the world through us Lord help us to get that into our brains and help us to spend time with you daily And just bask in you, in your love, in your glory. That it will just spill out because we will be overflowing. We heard today from our district superintendent that we leak. Whatever we're full of leaks out of us. It should be spilling out of us on other people, but we also leak, and so we need to spend more time with the Lord to fill back up again. Holy Spirit, i want you to fill me fresh with the holy spirit every day help us to remember to come to you on a daily basis moment to moment if we need to and ask you to fill us again so that we will leak out all over the world and just spread your love everywhere we go that we will be so full of your love that we will not be cranky to people even when they're in our way, even when they're hateful to us, that we will just spill out your love all over them. Holy Spirit, I know that's what you want to do with every church, with every Christian. Help us to get it. Help us to get it and help us to come closer to you and just let you work in us and through us in such mighty ways, God, that you will receive every bit of the glory, that people will know us. When, they, when we walk in a room, they will know there is a huge difference about us and they will feel you walk into the room. Lord, I ask it in Jesus' holy name. I just bless you, God, because you are awesome you are awesome help us to get how awesome you are and help us to just give everything to you because you want to use us you want to do awesome things through us and maybe that awesome thing is just smiling at someone just being loving to someone who's having a hard day But Lord, help us to spill your love out into the world because the world has gone crazy and the world needs Jesus. Lord, help us, help us, help us to remember. Help me to remember this right now when I'm walking out of this place that I'm walking into my mission field when I'm leaving my house I'm walking into my mission field when I'm walking into a store wherever I'm going I'm walking into my mission field help me to give myself time to actually look at the people around me and not just rush through the store running people over with my shopping cart but that I will slow down and look And because I know when I do that you always put somebody in my path that you want me to touch help me to make room in my schedule to do what you want me to do help us all to make room in our schedule to do that for you God to glorify you with an actual testimony and with an actual love and reaching out to people who need you God to not just keep it here in this building I love you, God. I love you, God. I'm encouraged. Thank you for that word, Lord. I bless you and I praise you. Have your way in this place, God. Have your way in this place. We love you and we praise you, God. In Jesus' holy name, amen, 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 amen. You're worthy, Lord. You are worthy, God. We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' holy and powerful name, amen, amen, amen.
3: done. All right. Good evening. How's it going? Um, So uh, just a quick reminder, if you are in the Christmas play and you have a speaking part, uh, as soon as I'm done here, go to the foyer. They're practicing. They're reading through it. So you don't want to miss that if that's your thing, uh, if you're part of that. All right. So um, I was trying to think what I wanted to say today. And um, I really, um, I'm a teacher, as you guys know, and I like to be a thinker. So I like questions that make you think. I, um, I'm not big on questions that have like a definitive yes and no. Does that make sense? I I want you to think critically. I want there to be like that gray area where you can have some, some thought. And there was a verse I read today, and um, it made me think. And I like when things make me think. They're great. Um, So it talked about how when we do something that God likes, um, God Himself rejoices, and. I like to think, um, like in Old Testament stuff, when God would talk, he'd have this big booming voice, you know, like thunder, like striking, or not striking, thunder doesn't strike, but you know what I mean? It's like thunder, like roaring, right? That's God's voice, right? So then I try to think, what must God's singing sound like? Um, It's just an incredible thought in my mind, like just the God of the universe that made everything we can see, everything we can't see, all of it, God made all of it and God's singing rejoices for us? That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. And of course, we sing our voices of God back, but um, I just, I just thought about that. And I'm like, man, God's voice must be just incredible. And, and to know that he's on my side and got my back, that's, it's pretty cool. Um, another thing that kind of made me think a little bit is it talks about how God engraves our name on his palm. And the word they actually use there is like to like tear into it, basically. So God is, our name is on God's palm and he puts it there permanently. It's there. And um, it's just amazing to me that God knows us by name and that we have such an amazing blessing in our life that the creator of the universe wants to know us personally and sing to us, put his name on, our palm, or on his palm and just know us. I think that's so cool. And um, it really makes me think. It makes me think what else like God has planned for me, right? Like what else God's got going on that I don't know about because um, there's just so much out there and such a big God that, any, like, little thing that I'm thinking I might get caught on during the week or, like, that's a struggle in my life right now, it, um, I just know God's bigger than that. And that's a comforting thought, that the booming God of the universe is singing for me. And is like, hey, I got your back. Don't worry about it, Stephen. I think it's pretty cool. It really makes me think. And you can just go down that whole train, like, all day long. You can just think about, man, God's so big, and God's got this, and I'm so little and yet God still says, hey, that little thing right there, I really like you, I really love you. I think that's really cool, I think it's really awesome. All right, so um, if you're new, there's some, um, well, we wanna welcome you for one. There's little VIP packets in the back there. You can find them if you're a visitor. I hope you're feeling welcome so far. I hope you felt the Holy Spirit and felt God move in your life. I hope that's a really important thing in this church. So I hope that you've noticed that. Um, There's lots of ways you can give, so, the first one is cash or check. That's an easy one. Uh, we all have cash and checks, so that's good. Uh, online at pcachurch.com, you can go on there and go to contributions and you can make your payment there. You can uh, use a credit card. Uh, speaking of credit cards, you can go out to the foyer and there's these little t- kiosks. You just stick your card in there and you can give your gift that way. And you could text. We all have phones. I got mine right here. So, I could text if I wanted to to 844 390 2401. I could text my gift, and then I could also mail it. I would never mail it, because I don't mail things. But if I wanted to suddenly start mailing things, I could mail it to PCA Church at 2313 East Prospect at Punxsie, Oklahoma, 74604. So if you're watching on the interwebs, you can um, mail your thing as well. Lots of ways to give, um, so many incredible ways to give. And God takes your gift, and he does incredible, awesome things with it that uh, we don't even see half the time God just does amazing things and I just always trust when I put that money in that bucket that God's going to do something amazing with it and I know he does so if the usher will come forward I will pray over our blessing. God I just thank you for this day and I just thank you for giving us the ability to to think critically God and just imagine how amazing and massive you are God and it's just so cool to me that you created everything I can see everything I can't see and yet you still sing my praises, you're still rooting for me and you still love me um, it that just blows my mind, God, because love is such an amazing thing. Love is such an amazing language that that no matter who you are on this earth, you understand the language of love and God, we know that you are love. And I just I just thank you so much, God, for all the love you have for us and how incredible you are, God. I just pray that uh, as the ushers collect this offering that you do amazing, incredible things with it, God. That um, you bless others, that you bring others to you, God that you use those funds to change someone's life, change someone's heart. Because I know you're in the business of changing hearts, God. You're in the business of love. And we just love you so much, God. And I'm just so thankful for you and being you being a part of my life personally. I just, I just can't get enough of you, God. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.
4: Good evening, PCA. Man, it's so good to be here. It's good to see all of you. Great for you joining us online. So thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I'm excited to preach tonight. Uh, Sometimes when I preach, I have something coming and I'm like, I get kind of pumped about it and I start in on it and then I'm like, no, 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 Lord, come on. And then uh, toward the end, it kind of settles. But this one, man, excited the whole time. Pumped, pumped about it. Excited to go, ready to go. So, but, you know, uh, I probably could turn to about half and flip it over like that because uh, Karen, she covered most of that right over there. No, <laughs> anyway, I'm just messing around. Okay, uh, I have something completely different to say than what she did. I'm just goofing. Anyway, but hey, it's great to have Pastor and Karen and Drake all back from uh, Branson. They went to a minister's retreat and enjoyed themselves. So glad to have them back. And But I am, I'm pumped about preaching tonight and tonight. Uh, I want to just kind of cover a passage um, out of 2 Kings chapter 5, and we're going to go from verse 1 to verse 14. There's a lot more in there, but we're just going to cover that specific place. Uh, If I was to title my message tonight, it would be called, What's Your Trigger? What's Your Trigger? And I mean that in in a couple of different ways. I I do not mean, uh, you know, well, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and there's a lot of people who are upset, and there's a lot of people being triggered, and there's um, even people that are going to the extreme and shooting up schools and malls. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about everyday life. I'm talking about you snapping at somebody or you being a little short or you jump into a conclusion that you have no idea really that is how it works and you just jump to that conclusion. I'm talking about that kind of trigger. And I'm also talking about what is the thing, what is the catalyst that's going to make you to wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to do this for God. I am going for it. I'm, what, is, what is your trigger? So here we go. 2 Kings chapter 5, we're going to start with verse 1. Now, Naaman was a commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him, the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. And I want to just kind of take a second and kind of get you an idea of what kind of guy this man was. See, it says in the Bible that he was a soldier, but he wasn't just... Any old soldier. He wasn't like just one of the guys out there doing the regular fighting. He he was a commander, which means this: he was tough enough, he was skilled enough, he was clever enough, he was charismatic enough, that he had a command and a sway over a whole group of men that were going to fight with him and for him and die for him. Do you understand? That's important. That is, that is huge. That's like that's his position here, okay? So he's a big deal. He's not just like, you know, just a regular guy signed up for the army. This, is, this guy's got it got going on. And I'm guessing, and this is me guessing, not what the Bible says, but I'm guessing that he's a very disciplined person, that he understands about order, that he, has a, he understands hierarchy, he understands plans, he understands the price of doing business, and he understands diplomatic relations. He's, he's astute in all these things. I think he knows these things well, and, and um, I want you to bear that in mind when we go through the rest of this story. But what the Bible does tell us for a fact, he was a great man in the sight of his master. He was highly regarded because the Lord had given him the victory. Now, some of you might read that and think, oh, he's, he's fighting for the army of Israel. No, he's fighting against Israel. And the Lord's given him the victory because the Lord has spoken into Israel's life and saying, listen, I'm going to let y'all be captive. Y'all don't want to worship me. Y'all want to mess around with these idols and stuff. I'm going to let these other nations take you over. And this is one of the cats that was doing it. Anyway, it's the Lord had given him that. And then also he was a valiant soldier. But here's the thing. He had leprosy he had this problem see listen you can have all the recognition you can have all the position and all the influence and all the money and all the acknowledgement from everybody around you but if you can still have something eating you up at an alarming rate okay that's what's going on with this guy he had something that was eating him up at an alarming rate you can hide it for a little bit but you can't hide it forever you can win More and more battles. He could win more and more and more and more battles, but it's not making the leprosy go away. It's not going to change that fact. He had to deal with this problem. And until you do, it's always going to be there. You have to get to the spot where you wake up one day and say, I'm not living like this one more day. I'm going to deal with my leprosy. All of us have to come to that spot in our life. And it could be anything. It could be, it could be a spiritual thing. It could be a physical thing. It could just be a diet you're going on. But you just have to eventually get to a spot where you're like, not another day. Not one more day is going by that I'm going to be like this. And so you have to make up your mind. And that's, that's part of what he did here. Now, how many people like going to a doctor? Anybody? No, no. None of us like it, right? And here's part of the reason why. is because when you get to the doctor, you have to face what's the matter? You got to come face to face with it. And that guy, he always likes telling you, you know, you need to stop eating salt or you need to stop smoking, you know, or you need to, he just full of information of stuff you need to do. And that's why we don't like to go because we know that's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to have to face what's in front of us. So, Uh, Many. that's what uh, he had to do with this leprosy. He eventually had to get to a spot where he's like, you know what? I got to deal with this. I got to take care of this. Now, it says in verse 2, now, a band of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Nahum's wife. Now, right away, let me tell you that when it says that raiders came and snatched a young girl, this is not where they, like, went to Israel and said, hey, are you sick of living in Israel isn't it boring and stupid? Don't you want to come live in a ROM? We're going to promise you a lot of money and you can have a great job and you can work with this lady and she's just fantastic. It's going to be great. It wasn't like that at all. No, no. They snatched her up and they put her in either serving them or in some kind of slavery. She may have even had to be a part of some kind of sexual prostitution, anything like that. that they, these folks were like, they're not playing around, they're not messing around. This girl didn't have it easy getting from Israel to this person's house. This was not an easy transition for her. It doesn't spell it out in the Bible how it happened, but what we do know is whatever happened, this girl had a great attitude. She had an amazing attitude. Compared to me, she had a fantastic attitude because if it would have been me, I would have been triggered to say, Psh. My my boss, he's a dog, and that leprosy, it jumped on him, and he can just have it. Get him. Because <laughs> I'm going back home to Israel. Let that leprosy eat him up, right? I mean, I would have had a bad attitude probably because I'd have been like, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm gonna work for you, but I'm always working on a way to get out of here. She did not. She instead had compassion. She wanted to show kindness to the people who were keeping her captive. Son. Who's got a heart like that? Y'all got a heart like that still? I know I'm working on it, but y'all got a heart like that? you going to be kind to the people that's hanging on to you, keeping you captive? That's what this girl did. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. When you see someone suffering, when you see someone getting eaten alive, someone in a mess, your job is to tell them how they can be set free. That's your job. Now, this girl, it was for her to say that it was the the um, the prophet. For us, the answer is always the same. Never changes. Is it PCA? No. Is it Pastor Bardwell? No. Is it Stephen Furtick? No. Is it uh, Evangelist on TV? No. Is it a book? No. None of that. It's Jesus. Every time. It's Jesus Christ. That's our job. We always leave a gift of Jesus Every time we interact with someone, you need to leave the gift of Jesus. If they open it, fine. If they don't, fine. But you need to leave it. Every time you place a gift of Jesus in their lap, and it's up to them whether they open it or not. <clears throat> it says in verse 4, Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. Now, you might be thinking, okay, so big deal. He went and talked to the guy, and he said, this is what the girl said. No, no, hang on just a minute, okay? I told you already, this guy, is a, he is a great man. He's a big deal, right? And he's going to go to his boss or his king, and he's going to say to him, okay, listen, boss, listen. Uh, uh, let me break this down for you. Hello, Mr. King. Um, I'm one of your best commanders. I have some leprosy, and... Uh, this girl from the enemy, from the nation, uh, enemy nation, uh, yeah, she told me that I should probably go back there and see this prophet. And yeah, yeah, he worships a God that we don't, but I should go talk to him about being healed. That was a mouthful right there, just for him to go and say to this guy, hey, listen, here's what I want to do, right? It's not like he, he had to show him his ugly and his gross thing about his life. He no longer had to come in there and be like, here are my accolades, and here are all the battles that I won, and here's all the stuff that I've done for our kingdom. And, I mean, the king knew all that, but he didn't get to come in and have any of that do him any good. He's now in there saying, hey, I, I got leprosy. And this is, going, this is going to sound crazy, but there's a girl from Israel who says I should go back there and talk to a prophet <laughs> and, and get healed. And so he this could have went either way for him, but... um. He's got to show his vulnerability here, and all his victories, they don't matter, because he now has something that he can't conquer on his own. He's conquered all this other stuff, but he can't conquer this. And if he doesn't take care of it, it's just going to get worse. But he was willing to take advice from a servant girl from an enemy nation. When God speaks to you through someone who you consider less or smaller Or different than you, are you going to obey him? Think about it. I mean, think about where you think you are in life, your station, your spot, and somebody beneath you, you think, God speaks into their life to speak to you. Are you going to obey what God has to say? Consider that. That's what this man did. Verse 5. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Nahum left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Nahum to you so that you may cure him of leprosy. Okay, so now check this out. This king, I know he means well, right? And I also understand why he did what he did. Because this is part of protocol. This is how one nation interacts with another nation, and you send a representative, and you give them a letter. So if you get jumped, then you can say, hey, well, read this letter. I'm in business with the king. Get off me before I have you killed. You know, that's the kind of thing that would happen. And so he knows they're going through the right channels. They're doing it the right way. I get that. But listen, God does not care about your protocol. He does not follow your protocol. He's got his own agenda. He works in his own way. And so listen, the king that day, as nice as that was, he needed to listen a little better. The little girl did not say, go to the king of Israel. She said, go to the prophet in Samaria. That's step one. Do what God says. What he says. Not what you think he said. What he says. Do what he says. If only my master could see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of leprosy. So, yeah, the king got it a little off course there. Um, We, though, we do the same thing. We go to our family. We go to our friends. We go to the Internet. We go to books and meetings and conferences. We go through rituals and traditions. We mix all those things together. Man, we just go for it. And when all along, all we got to do is go see Jesus. Just talk to Jesus. That's all we got to do. We just need to go see Jesus. Now, verse 7. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, "Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life?" Check this out. This king is this king's reaction, he is freaking out. He is freaking out. Now he is being triggered. And it's not necessarily about the man with leprosy standing in front of him. That's part of it, but that's not the whole picture. Because you see, for a while, Israel would beat Aram. But here lately, under this king, Aram was whooping Israel every chance they got. They were coming along and they were beating them in battle. So this man right here, he is being triggered and thinking, hang on now. He's letting his past experience and his carnal thoughts fill in the blank. He's just like, oh, my goodness, this guy's here to trick me. This is not good. This this guy has come along, and he's going to whoop me. I don't like this. What would you do if you were the king? Your enemy's best commander shows up. He's got horses, gold, silver, other servants, and he says, I got leprosy, and I need to get healed. You could have had the reaction the same as the king, or you might have thought, you might have been a devious person. You might have thought, wait a minute. I can take your money and your servants and kill you, and you never have to worry about leprosy again. Okay, you could have been like that. Or you could have said, had this king been serving God, had this king been walking with God, this would have not freaked him out. He would have understood that this was an opportunity. This was a catalyst to turn Israel back toward God. He could have said, hey, I may be the king around here, but I don't rule Israel. God does. And it is he who saves and heals. Go to his servant Elijah and find your healing. He could have said, looked at him and said, listen man, just the other day he had this lady and he kept he kept helping her out and the jar of oil just did not run out. He helped her out and the loaves of bread just kept on coming. He helped us out and he smacked the water and the Jordan River just, just widened open. Man, I'm telling you right now, that brother over there he is in connection with God and me I'm walking with God too In Israel, he's walking with us because we're his people and he comes around and he does stuff for us he doesn't do for other nations and we're going to bless you today, man. We're going to bless you today you're going to get healed and you're going to go back and tell every other nation y'all be on guard because that one right there they serve God and God's on their side that's what should have happened that didn't happen he could have said that but he didn't he did no such thing luckily though he did make a spectacle of himself (laughs) he he did do such a good job of making a spectacle of himself that he the word got around all over town right you might have facebook It does pretty good. You might have Instagram. It does all right. You know, the internet, email, signs, newspaper. No, not so good. That's not good. But you might have all those things of communication, but nothing, nothing, nothing yet beats word of mouth. Whoo! people like to talk, right? And so, man, I'm telling you, their jaws were flapping whenever it came to this guy. They're like, he tore his robes and his clothes, and, ah, he was freaking out. The word got around, and it got around to Elijah. So, Elijah sends word. says in verse 8. When Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent this message. Uh, king, why have you torn your robes? <laughs> you know, kind of like, hey, dum. dumb. dumb. No, <laughs> that's how I read it anyway. Why have you torn your robes? <clears throat> um, have the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. You see, here's the thing. Elijah had the same guy. He had the same information. He had that same moment, that same everything to consider. But he's not triggered by Aram beating up on Israel all the time. That's not what he's thinking about. He, that's not the thing he's looking at. He's looking at this as an opportunity to show this man that the God he serves is mighty. And that he can and will heal him. The only thing that Elisha is considering from his past is not the whooping that Israel got. It's be, that the, how God has come through for him time and time again, how that he parted the waters of the Jordan, how that he purified the water at the source of Jericho, how he protected the prophets with the two she bears, how the water of the army of Israel was a, and how they were a success over the Moabites, how that he provided the widow with oil, how that he resurrected the son of the Shumanite woman, how he purified the poison soup and how he multiplied the loaves. That's what he's thinking. So he's thinking, hey, listen, this is a piece of cake. My God's got this. He's done all this other stuff. He's going to do this. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elijah's house. That's in verse 9. Now, in the past, I've always read this scripture, and I just thought it was a descriptive thing, like it's just something that's laying in there so you know kind of what's going on in the story. And I believe that's true. And however, in my spirit, how I feel about it when I read the word, I think that there's a bit of faith in this, that's my opinion, be- and here's why: because I think this is Naaman having some faith, thinking to himself, "Pack up the horses, get all the stuff, get the chariots. I'm getting healed, and we're going home." He's fully expecting to show up at this guy's house, get healed, and leave. I think that this he's examining and showing a little bit of faith through the scripture. Now that may be me putting more into it than what's really there. I don't know, but let me tell you something: that's how I read it, and it pumps me up. Um, but. Uh, in verse 10, Elijah says this, Elijah sent a messenger to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. Now, if he had started off with any kind of faith, when he finally got to that part right there, uh, it's not there much anymore. He is now a little frustrated. So hold up. He, he now is probably thinking, hang on, hang on, wait a minute. Mm-mm. I take advice from a servant girl. I tell my king about my mess. I travel 90 miles or better to get here. I meet with your king who goes cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Then I get the word to come down here. And when I do, you send out a man to tell me a message. And the message is, get this, go dip in that nasty Jordan River seven times. Son, must have went all over him, right? He's thinking to himself, hey. Let's know what he says in verse 11 and 12. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought he would surely come out and to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure my leprosy. Are not our Abana and Phar the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned off and went in a rage. I mean, this guy is like, listen, that, that Arkansas, I'm sorry, Jordan River over there, that's nothing. We have much better rivers, Mississippi and Missouri. We got the best ones, okay? That one over there that y'all call a river, that's just dirt with a little bit of water running through it. That's basically what he was saying about the Jordan River. He was upset, and he was triggered out of the, out of the disrespect of not coming out to see him. He could not see the opportunity of healing because he only could see the offense He has to see past this offense to be able to see this opportunity for healing. Listen, we all build up what we think God's going to do. We all get it in our head and we say, I thought. Those are dangerous words. Those are crazy words because God, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways and thoughts are above our thoughts. And so no matter what we think, he rarely does it the way that we think that he's going to. And we tell God, but God... I, I, I have done this and I've done that. How could you ask me to do it that way? And God replies back and says, you've done nothing without me. Everything you've ever done, I've helped you done or do and done for you. Many times, though, God asks us to go through something that we don't find favorable. And we think to ourselves, there are cleaner and more stylish ways to do this, God. <laughs> Let me help you, Okay. And God's like, no. Here's the kind of things I want you to do. He says things like this: uh, Tell them, I forget. Tell them that you forgive them. You're like, what? What? I don't know, God. I still got this grudge. No, tell them you forgive them. He says things like, go over there and tell them you lied to them. You want to get cured from lying? Become accountable for lying. Man, it'll. I mean, if you have trouble with it, and then once you have to go over and say to somebody, Hey, I lied. It'll wreck your world. It'll wreck it hard enough that you'll think twice about doing it again. Uh, he'll say things like this. Want me to ask them to forgive me. Go over and say to them, hey, will you forgive me for what I've done? Or go over to them and say, pray for me when, hey, God, why do you want me to ask them to pray for me when I can't even trust them enough to not gossip about me? What makes you think I want them to pray for me? You want me to send them money and I don't even like them? You want me to stop bringing up the past first if they're the ones that keep on doing it? Ah! See? We all got our stuff. We all got our leprosy. We all have our Jordan River to get in. Every one of us. And he's not going to pick out the nice, beautiful, clean, amazing waters. Right? It's going to be the yuck. And we're going to have to get past our offense so that we can have the opportunity for our healing. (coughs) We all have to decide, is the offense of what we're being asked going to outweigh our opportunity to be set free, to be healed or to be clean? Verse 13, Naaman's servants went to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then, when he tells you to wash and be cleansed? Now, I don't know if the servant girl was there, if these are other servants or who all this wasn't involved, but whoever they were, they were tuned in. These folks were, had it together because they understood about following orders to get a desired result. They were servants. They get it. But they did a great thing because they appealed to his greatness and reminded him to be humble all at the same time. It was fantastic. They said, hey, listen, if he had told you to do something amazing, I bet you would have done it. And Naaman's probably thinking, well, yeah, that's the kind of guy I am. I'm amazing. And so I would have done something amazing. I would have moved heaven and earth. And they're probably thinking, listen, dude, he's not asking you to put up a billboard. He doesn't want you to split 20 ricks of wood or build a house in his honor or write a 100-page essay of your journey to Israel. He don't want any of that. All you got to do is just go get in the water seven times. Big deal. We got your towel, man. We got you ready to go. We got your extra clothes right here. We'll make a little line here so people can't snap a picture and put it on Instagram. Come on! Get down there in the river. They were great. They appealed to him. And so here's what happened. He was willing to humble himself enough to receive what God had for him. That's our question. Will we let our pride get in the way of our provision? Will we let our awkwardness overcome our abundance? Or will we let our offense remove our opportunity? Verse 14 says this. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. As the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and become clean like that of a young boy. Woo! I like the end of that scripture. Want to know why? Because it says, his skin become clean like that of a young boy. Listen. Listen. My God does above and beyond what you ask. He just wanted clean skin. He just wanted his leprosy to be gone. But God said, hey, buddy, I'm not just going to give you clean skin. I'm going to make sure that you have skin of a young boy so that everybody that sees your skin is going to be like, whoo, what are you doing? What kind of treatment are you putting on yourself? Oh, no, I just went to Israel and I had an encounter with God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jehovah Jireh. He healed me and made me new, gave me new life. That's our God. That's what he's about. That's what he does. I love it. Yes, that's the thing. Uh, we must not be triggered wrongly or react wrongly. And the way that we keep from it is we have to have a relationship with God. That's what that king needed. That king needed to be a king that was following God, but he wasn't. He needed to be a God that was, or a king that was following after the Lord. We have to be a, God, a person that's following after the Lord. We have to make sure that we have that connection with him. Listen, there's there's this next part that's coming up. It's going to sound like every preacher ever since people started preaching till now on repeat. You're going to be like, huh? Well, here's why. Because I'm going to say three things that preachers always say. And why do we always say them? Because they work. And because when you don't do them, things don't work. And you don't believe me, just go down to any district office in the Assemblies of God at any state in the United States and walk in that office and talk to the people who are having to be counseled and disciplined because of some kind of failure in their life. And you walk up to them and ask them, when did it start? And they're going to tell you that one of those three things that I'm about to mention is when they stopped doing them. And when they stopped thinking they were important. And that's when the decline happened. And I'm telling you, if it happens like that in a preacher's life, it's bound to happen for you. So listen to this. The first one is this. Read the word. Read the word. It's right there for you. It's like you're the most privileged person to ever live. You've got it. You've got it a hundred million zillion ways. You've got commentaries on it. You've got fancy little buttons you can push on your phone that will tell you a whole plethora of stuff of libraries around the world about what it says about that one scripture, even that one word. Read it. Read the word. This is just one little story from God's word. And we come up with all this stuff that we dug out this evening, and there's a whole bunch more we could dig out, but I don't want to keep you that long. (laughs) that's just one little story but there's 66 more books with all that in it there's all these books of god's goodness and the calamity of man and all the provision that god provides for man to raise himself from his folly it's all right there read it read it read it okay i told you every preacher that's ever preached has basically said that right read it but it's for real do it read it it'll help you next one's this pray you have the tools you need. You have a mind and a mouth. That's all you need to pray. A mind and a mouth. That's it. Listen. You choose with your mind and your mouth to do things every day. You choose to put down your coworker? You choose to badmouth your boss? You choose to bring up the past with your spouse? You choose to retell a bad joke? You choose to gossip? You choose to tell lies? Same mouth, same mind, but you say you don't have time to pray. You might want to schedule your mouth. Give your mouth a schedule of what it needs to do. (laughs) Because it's got plenty of time. You're just choosing the wrong thing to do with it. May I suggest that you replace one of those things that I said above with prayer. Just replace one of them. And then uh, go crazy and replace like two or three of them. And before you know it, you'll be wanting to do the prayer instead of the things on the list. Next one is this. Praise. We could spend half a year on just talking about all the places in the Bible that talk about praise. And all the things that are associated with it. But hey, give God all the praise. All the glory. If you'll notice in this little story... Elisha did not want any money. He didn't want any stuff because he wanted this cat to go back to where he was from and say the God of Israel Jehovah healed me and made me whole. He didn't want to go back and say hey I got some healing stuff from uh, you know Elisha's healing hut or I got some essential oils that cleared this up for me. He didn't want him to say any of that kind of stuff. He wanted him to say that God did it. And so We must give praise and honor to God on every occasion. Now, if we do those three things, I can tell you that you will not be triggered in the wrong way. Okay? You'll be triggered in the right way. And the right way is this. Is every time something like that happens, every time a crazy situation happens, every time some kind of thing comes up in your life that you can't quite make sense of it, every time something comes up in your life that's way beyond your scope, it's because God wants you to lean in on him and let him do the miraculous. That's what this king needed to know. This king needed to know, wait a minute, he should have answered his own question. No, I can't heal this man, but I know someone that can. But he didn't know someone that could because he hadn't been serving the Lord. So he didn't know the answer. But you can know the answer if you follow after the Lord. And to follow after the Lord, you need to read your word and to pray and to praise his name. If you would, everybody stand with me. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCACHurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.